trust the experts. We're all in this together. If it saves one life, raise your hand if you've heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled unessential and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the actual science of the pandemic. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty from the Sound Mind Creative Group is a brand new docu-series highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policy enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling stories of business owners, families, and just your average everyday person harmed by these government mandates. Follow the science on Lockdowns and Liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So please help us at The Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the Liberty Movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to briannicholshow.com forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docuseries one more time. That's briannicholshow.com forward slash follow the science. We can become great at doing the the things that we do well, the things that we focus on. Like I'm, I think our audience is great at selling liberty. I think we have been amazing at doing that. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. You start to ask questions that piques interest and get him to feel like, okay, this guy's actually got something that maybe can help me out. And then in your asking of questions and trying to uncover the real problems, build that natural trust. I know I went in the monologue there, man. <laughs> Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on another fun-filled episode. Of course, I am your humble host, Brian Nichols. Did you catch yesterday's episode, Jeremy Todd? Yes, we talked about libertarian paternalism. It, I promise you, it's not what it sounds like. Go listen to the episode. Jeremy is one of our sales gurus here, and we had a great sales short on Thursday. So make sure you, you go back and check out today's or yesterday's episode. But for today, why are you here today? Because... Well, we're answering the question that needs to be answered. What's up with these uh, hospitalizations? Why are over half of the hospitalizations now being shown to be either mild or asymptomatic cases for COVID? Well, we're going to dig into that with Todd Kenyon. Todd has joined the program from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization. And uh, yeah, things are adding up. So Todd, he's a numbers guy and we're digging into the numbers. So strap in folks, this is a very important episode and definitely it's going to be top of mind to say the least as we move forward here in the next few months. So with that being said, onto the show, Todd Kenyon here on the Brian Nichols Show. Hey, thanks Brian. Good to see you. Absolutely. Todd, thank you so much for joining the program. You along with the amazing team led by Nick Hudson over at Panda, you guys are fighting the good fight. Thank you so much. I've had Nick on the show, I think twice now. Um, I'm doing work behind the scenes with the amazing team over at the Sound Mind Creative Group and their brand new docu series, 
follow the science on lockdowns and liberty because despite being told with just the absolute assurance as I was back in March by some friends, Todd, that why are you focusing on the pandemic, Brian, still? It's it's going to be over soon. The vaccine's out there. Well, here we are in September of 2021, just for posterity's sake. COVID's not over. And it, it yeah. actually has gotten not COVID, but the government response to COVID has been increasing, it seems, day by day. But before we dig into that, Todd, let's do a, a quick introduction. Who are you and what got you into looking at the pandemic from a, a more data analytics standpoint? Yeah, well, I'm just a uh, an engineer, um, financial guy, a PhD marine biologist. I've been a bunch of things, but um, you know, at heart, I'm an analyst and a, I'm a numbers guy. And um, it uh, when this whole thing started, uh, it it didn't take very long for things to start not looking right very quickly. You know, it, it was like, okay, wait, these numbers don't add up. Um, the things are not as they're telling us. And um, I need to start finding some other people out there who think the same thing, you know. And so that involved first hitting Twitter, but then through Twitter, I made other contacts, including with, um, you know, Nick and the, and the folks at Panda. And then they uh, they brought me on board. And, um, you know, since then, I've taken over um, their knowledge factory, which basically is Panda has over 250 volunteer members, uh, most of whom are scientists, engineers, um, MDs, and there's also media people and um, economists and lawyers. And, uh, you know, so it's a, it's a very broad group of people, but we're all kind of in the same boat. We all had the same, you know, aha moment early on in this thing that, that it's just something's wrong here, right? Something is wrong. They're, they're not giving it to us straight. And we all started digging into the numbers. And so, you know, that's that's um, what we do in Panda. And as the knowledge factory head, um, I'm basically um, in charge of getting the articles out there, the scientific based articles and, um, you know, making sure our great body of scientists and, and um, other knowledgeable folks um, keep generating, you know, interesting articles that really bring out the truth and kind of counteract the narrative that we're all being fed on a daily basis. Yeah, it's so important. We see this. I mean, what really brought Nick more so to, I would say, not just, you know, a more national spotlight, but an international spotlight. Yep. He did a talk back. I forget the the conference, but it, it yielded the really the ugly truth about the lockdowns talk. He did it was about a 45 yep. minute or so conversation. And, and it was funny enough. I actually had Todd or I, I actually had um, Nick sorry on the show yep. the day after that ah. that went live and it. I think it was ballpark 400 K or so views by the time that it aired and the time he was on the show. And within a week gone, new YouTube. And I, I mean, I, I actually just got chills because it yeah. was horrifying to see how I was able to have a conversation with Nick and his entire, his entire talk was not controversial from the yeah. science standpoint. It was actually yeah. all well-based in science. He was citing scientific articles and, and studies. And the fact that you were able to have, an entity, it just unilaterally acts an entire talk off the, of their platform entirely because it didn't tow a narrative. And to your point you raised up earlier, there's a lot of people, I think, at the beginning who were on board. We were like, okay, we don't know what this is. 15 yeah. days to slow the spread. Okay, we can get on board with that. And I was even still was like, we're going to label people unessential versus essential. I'm not cool with yeah. that. Right. But then all of a sudden, after that 15 days, Todd, things got a little mm -hmm. weird. What what was it in your world 
that maybe got your spidey senses tingling saying something is afoot? Yeah, that it's it's a it's a good question. I don't know if there was if there was one particular thing, but the um, the, the rapidity that it went from well, this probably isn't going to be dangerous to the U.S. So we don't have to worry about it. And t- to all of a sudden, two weeks being locked down. To okay, we're going to extend it. You know, and that just that that j- it just they just started throwing stuff at us so quickly. I'm like, like wait a second, you know. And as soon as you started looking into the data from other countries, you, you could at that point, even that early, you could look into the data from Italy and see what was going on. And Italy was the big disaster. And but you could look and see that already was coming out that all the mortality was in folks or the great majority of it was in folks above their life expectancy with multiple comorbidities. And you're saying, now, now wait a second, this 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 thing is not going around just wiping out average people left and right. There's you know, but they're not mentioning this. You know, they're not going they're not telling us the truth. So for sure. That was something. And then, you know, um, later on, as I started to look at the data, you started to look at the numbers. Oh, the cases, the case counts. And how are the case counts being generated? Oh, the PCR testing. And then how's the PCR testing work? Oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Okay, so what what CT values are they using? Right. How how sensitive is the test they're using? Well, we're not going to tell you. Nobody knows. It's really high, though, probably. It's probably a 40 cycle threshold. So you know, that allows you to, t- to detect virus that's that's far from viable. Um, but they won't tell us what the cycle threshold is. And you're like, well, why not? Uh, that should be important information. Well, that data is available nowhere. Okay, that that's something's wrong with that. And then, you know, really threw me over the edge in, in my state of Rhode Island here when the health director came out. And this was uh, right at the end of April said, well, we've changed the way we're going to count hospitalizations because up until now, we have been trying to manually count people who are actually admitted to the hospital because they're sick with COVID, as you would expect. But we're going to change it to everybody in the hospital who gets a positive COVID test. And that includes, and the quote unquote, that includes if you come in to the emergency room with a sprained ankle and you test positive for COVID, you're a COVID hospitalization. And wow. I, I was running around in my office after listening to that, just like swearing my head off and screaming. Because overnight, the hospitalization numbers went up 30, 35%, and they erased the old data, and they, they corrected it somehow to meet the new criterion. So, you know, it's like, okay, this whole thing's a farce. They don't really want to tell us what's actually happening. They're just trying to juice the numbers. That, at least that's the feeling you get when you when something like that happens. And it's funny how things happen this way, Todd, because, you know, peek behind the curtain. We've been playing email tag for about, what, three months? Four yeah, months seems that way, yeah. Part. And um, just today, as we're recording here on Tuesday, the the 14th, uh, David, and help me with this last name again, Zweig? Zweig, I think Zweig. it is, but that's the way I said it. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> well, David, if we're wrong, correct us. But I uh, wrote an amazing article over at The Atlantic. It's our most reliable pandemic number is losing its meaning. A new study suggests that almost half of those hospitalized with COVID-19 have mild or asymptomatic cases. Huh. And it just happens to be that that correlates with an article. Oh, look at this over on Panda. COVID-19 deaths underreported 
or overestimated from July 28, 2021. Oh, who's this? Todd Kenyon over at Panda. So, Todd, you wrote this article three months prior to David's article here at The Atlantic. Basically, his article says, hey, you know Todd's article from three months back? Yeah, it was right. So let's dig into then. What was it that started off your saying something is wrong here and digging into the numbers? And I say here, first, cause of death attribution. Can you dig into that a little bit more in detail? Yeah. So, I, I mean, the, the if there is a reliable number in all of this, certainly cases, and we could spend, you know, a couple of these episodes talking about the problem of cases and whatnot. But, but um, you know, deaths are deaths. And you think that, well, at least in developed countries, in, in, in developing countries, you know, deaths aren't recorded that well, so you can't really necessarily use them reliably. But in developed countries, deaths get reported. Okay, so we know if people are dying. So it becomes a, that should be a good number to use, but attributing the cause of death is far from straightforward, even during normal times. And this actually surprised me when I started looking into this because I knew that during COVID times, there was all kinds of problems with attributing death. I mean, in in, in some cases, there was, um, yes, there were hospitals in certain areas at certain times that were very busy and they really didn't have much time to, uh, to you know, get into the nitty gritty. And pretty much they were, they were attributing everybody to COVID deaths. But in a lot of cases, in a lot of countries, as you'll see in that paper, a death was attributed to COVID if a positive test was received by the patient anywhere from 28 to 60 days. And in some cases early on, it was any time. If this person who died in a hospital had ever had a positive COVID test, it was listed as a COVID death. And, wow. you know, that, that's the kind of thing that as a data person, as a, as a scientist, as a financial guy, what, what have you, drives you absolutely nuts because that is not a relevant figure. Okay, that that is not a COVID death. That's a person who had a test at some right. point, right? You know, it's just it's a different occurrence. <laughs> yes, it has nothing to do with it. So, I mean, that you know, that's just that's just one example. But to go back to even during normal times, you would think that well, um, you know, the recording death is a very straightforward process. Well, it really isn't. And you know, I looked at looked at some of that. There was an article I cite in there from a um, a death certificate clerk. In a lot of cases, especially with older patients, and of course, as we know, uh, the great majority of, of COVID deaths are, you know, the average or median age is 82, or depending on what country you're in, it's quite high. Um, the, the cause of death is oftentimes difficult to attribute because, uh, let's face it, the person might be very old, they might be very frail, they might have had a number of uh, comorbidities, and it's kind of unclear what they actually died from in a lot of cases. So, Sometimes they're just attributed a generic cause, like uh, you know, some cardiac cause, generally heart disease, something like that, is, is kind of used as a generic cause, or or maybe they were on a prescription for something. They were in a or they were in a in a facility because of a particular ailment. So it'll be attributed to that. But rarely, if you know, almost never is a is an autopsy done, and there's really no verification done. So, you know, whenever they have gone back and, and, and looked at death certificates, and this is, we're not even talking COVID yet here, that, that when they go back and re-examine them, they find that a, a significant percentage of them are wrong. They're just because it was just convenient to put something down. And um, so then you throw the whole COVID mess into this where, 
you have a, a disease that, that is hitting the elderly a lot, that has symptoms that are very similar to other respiratory diseases that hit the elderly a lot and hit them very seriously. And um, you, you verify it by using a test that has a lot of problems. Or you, in a lot of cases, you don't test at all. I mean, there was very lax standards given, especially early on by the WHO and, and various countries' health bodies that, you know, the, the per, you could basically say, well, yeah, the, the person more or less had the symptoms or, you know, so we'll attribute the COVID. And so it, it's, it just goes on and on and on. There was a lot of incentives to attribute fatalities to COVID without, in many cases, any hardcore verification that that's actually what the person died from. Wow. That, that's a lot. Um, and yeah. I guess it really does. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I know for myself, it just, it does make you a little angry. And I know we try oh, yeah. not to, to, to focus on that. You know, we really try to focus on building solutions here at the program, but it is so frustrating when this is, I mean, this isn't new, right? This is not stuff that's re- like just groundbreaking. If you're listening to this now and you're like, what? I mean, I'm not good. <laughs> Here's a real story, Todd. Todd. I couldn't yeah. believe I had this conversation today. I had an older coworker at work. And I'm talking to him and he, he goes, well, you know, my wife was saying she's in healthcare, um, saying that if you don't get no, if we don't get these, these vaccines, it's just not going to end. People got to get their, got to get their vaccines. <laughs> and I said, what's funny. I'm, I, what do you yeah. think about the, the new thing that just came out showing that if you had COVID that you, you actually might have stronger immunity than sure. a double dose of Pfizer vaccine. Sure. And I'm not even kidding. Todd, he looks at me, he goes, what's that? I've never heard of that. I said, I said, natural immunity. And he goes, no, what is it? And I said, I said, like, if you had COVID, you might actually not be able to get it again. And he goes, really? I, I think I had COVID. Why, why did, I didn't know that. And he got mad. <laughs> he was actually yeah. upset. Hey. But then it hit me and I'm like, he's your average person. Your average person, they're not doing what we're doing. You're not doing what you're doing, looking into right. the actual data, looking, you know, they're not looking to see the, the nitty gritty of what was signed on a death certificate. They're watching TV and they're seeing the numbers come in and they're horrified. So yep. you see that it does come down to, and we talk about this all the time in, in sales, one of the most strong motivating factors in any sale is, is either going to be fear or love. So yep. if you're seeing fear as one of the overarching themes throughout this entire pandemic, and every time, Todd, we see a new government mandate put in place, they always do so on the basis of fear. When are people, I hope, Sooner rather than later, are they going to start waking up? I I, I hope so. <laughs> well, it, it's no. I mean, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. And you know, at Panda early on, we started out looking at this data in detail, right? Because we're all data guys, right? So so let's let's figure out why they're wrong about the data and try to get it right. But that doesn't really go very far with the average person. Uh, you know, you still have to have that, but that is not what's going to take that guy in your office and and have him understand what's really going on. What you did today actually is what might do that. Uh, you know, it's how do you reach? We've really changed our strategy or evolved our strategy, not changed it because we're still doing the data and we're still doing the scientific analysis. We've evolved it to realizing that we need to reach those people one way or another. And it's not by throwing numbers and graphs at them for the most part. So when I say those people, I'm talking about the middle 40 or 60 percent of the population that are just trying to go about their lives, aren't trying to rock the boat, aren't trying to get fired by their employer, 
Um, just trying to carry on and wait for this thing, hopefully, to die out one day. And they, those people need to be awakened a little bit here. And it, it, it's nothing about what political side they're on or anything like that. Yes, there's, there's 20%, let's say, that are all the way over in one direction and think all this stuff is great and are on board with it and have been in favor of it since day one. And those people are gone. Okay, They're never going to see the light uh, until at least until it's way too late. Yep. So forget about them. But there's a there's a big number of average people in the middle who are really trying not to pay attention that much. But if they do, it's probably to the news mainstream news somewhere or something like that or a newspaper or whatever. And, and all they're getting is one side of the story, bad news, um, censorship, you know, you, you name it. They're they're getting all the wrong information. And, you know, we really want to help those people understand what's really going on here as, as much as we can. And it's not going to be at least initially by throwing numbers and graphs at them. <laughs> well, and this is why we do what we do. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, there are more people out there to your point, like my coworker who they just don't know. They, they genuinely don't right. know. And I think it is on us because we have seen just, I would say right now, Todd, especially they have to your point remained out of the conversation until now, in many cases, they were being forced into yes. the conversation. I'm seeing so. I'm not sure if you saw this story up in uh, upstate New York, up very near to where I actually grew up in upstate New York. Um, it was Lewis County Health Systems. They had to, to shut down their maternity ward because they no. had so many nurses who said, "You know what? No, I, I'm I'm going to resign." Versus be forced to do something in this case, take a vaccine against my will. Now, this is not an argument for or against vaccines, but to yeah. see that there are a lot more people like those nurses who they did remain on the sidelines. They didn't want to get involved in politics, but suddenly they were forced to. We just saw, I just did an episode here that aired on Wednesday with Carrie McDonald just across the United States. We saw how many, uh, you know, thousands of college students all just chanting F Joe Biden, not because they're overtly political, but because they have now been pulled into this, whether they like it or not. We've seen what happens to these kids when they go to, to school. I mean, we had a kid on, on the, the program here just a couple of weeks back here, and he was saying how if you are going to college and you don't get the vaccine by a certain date, I mean, there are schools who they're going to threaten to turn off your Wi-Fi. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, and of course they're going to get mad. So yeah. I think right now is a great opportunity, Todd, to take not the graphs, right? Yeah. But the message to meet them where they're at and, and to say, Hey, listen, let, let's talk about what's happening and let's tell that story because, and this is where I wanted to, to wrap up is the last part of your article, I think is the most important part. We constantly hear people saying, you know, we just got to keep on. We just keep got to keep on. But there are so many lives that are, are just watching years fade away. Years quite literally lost. Can you speak to more about what that actually means to your average person? Well, I mean, it's um, we try to I mean, you're actually right about everything you said. I mean, this is the time to reach the middle ground and, and, and to get that message out because there are events that are tipping people over the edge. Finally, you know, they were just trying to go about their business and now they've had their two vaccines. Now they're talking about getting a third one and or a fourth one or God knows how many, right. And, and, or now they're, they're making their kid mask again, or they're talking about vaccinating their kid. 
you know, and they don't want their kid vaccinated. So there's there are a lot of things happening right now with this doubling and tripling down um, by the, uh, you know, the opposition, so to say, that that's throwing a lot of the people in the middle ground kind of over the edge and saying, now, hey, wait a second. You know, I went along with this for 18 months or whatever it is. And where has this gotten me? And that's kind of what what you're bringing up there. Um, you know, a lot of people have given up jobs, um, you know, social meetings, friends. They're part of their kids' childhood. Um, you know, you name it. It just it just keeps going. And where has it gotten them at this point? Well, it's just gotten them into even more junk, and they're just piling on more junk. And where is where's the end? One thing that they never bother to come out and tell us is when this is this going to be over. Yep. And what's 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 the criterion for for ending this thing? It's not 100 percent of people getting vaxxed because that's not going to happen. I, I hate to tell them it just isn't going to happen. And by the way, that won't do it. And there's look at Israel, look at, you know, there's there's plenty of data out there that shows that that the vaccine isn't going to stop this thing. Yeah, it may have efficacy for for certain groups of people, for, for, for vulnerable people. But it's it's not the panacea. Getting a hundred percent of the population vaxxed, which is impossible, or eighty percent, or ninety percent, or whatever number they want to throw out, isn't going to end this thing. Isn't going to just make it disappear, and and we can just walk out one day and say, oh, no more COVID. It's gone. We we got it. We got the magic number of people vaxxed. It's gone. It's not going to happen. It's an endemic virus. It it can use animal reservoirs. It can use dogs and cats for crying out loud. So it isn't going away. We're going to have to live with it. So. How much more are you going to give up? How much more of your liberties are you going to give up for this? And when is it going to end? Indeed. When? And yeah. it, I think it does come down to, to this, Todd. And, and let's uh, turn the conversation this way as we wrap up. I yep. think we are seeing now, because people are being pulled into the conversation, that they are starting to, instead of just questioning things, they're starting to take action. We're seeing yes. parents across the United States standing up. I mean, 5 million kids pulled out of the public schooling system in the past year. That was that stat blew me away from our, our Wednesday it's episode. It's, it's amazing. And yeah. we're seeing this because parents are getting fed up. We're seeing you know, people resigning en masse. I, I saw this tweet. I, I had to laugh because they said, wouldn't it be funny if Joe Biden became one of the biggest uh, government cutting presidents ever just by his virtue of forcing a bunch of federal employees to resign. Yeah. Like, would that not be the ultimate irony? Yeah. yeah. But to that point, we might yeah. be getting to, to that, that situation more sooner than, than not. So let's do this. Let's empower the individual. Let's paint that better picture. Todd, what would you say to your average person who they're listening to this episode and they're saying, okay, I'm awake. I hear you. Now what? Yeah. Well, now what is spread the message? It's talk to your friends and learn what you're willing to learn, what you have the time to learn about what's going on. Um, Take control of your own life and talk to your friends about it. And, you know, just just spread it. It it doesn't have to be be super complicated stuff. Try to try to understand what's you know, think about what's been done, where it's gotten you. And where we're going forward and, and how we get out of this. And the, the only way we get out of it really is if enough people stop being compliant with the ridiculous stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, that's that's how the average person could say, yeah, I've had enough. These guys have had their time. 
and I'm done. I, you know, you, I can go to my school board and, you know, I don't want my kid to be masked, et cetera. I, I want to stand up against that. And I want to tell my friends that they should stand up against the two and um, just, just spread the word. And that, that's, that's all we can do at this point. Well, hey, we're, we're doing it right now. And that's why this conversation, despite the multiple emails that just I missed. Sorry. Hey, we got this done. And I'm so thankful, Todd, that we did because yeah. this conversation is exactly the conversation that we, we, number one, have been having on the show. But we need to keep having. I, and I say this to my friends who said, Brian, tone it down on the COVID talk. No, no, because this will not go away until we say it's time for it to go away. A lot of us have been saying you can pretty much go back to 2019 if you want to, but you need to want to, and you need to stand up. So with that being said, Todd Kenyon from the amazing organization, Panda, where can folks go ahead and follow you if they want to go ahead and continue the conversation? Uh, Pandata.org is the place to start. That's, that's our website. That's where we have all our papers. We have a a couple of them out recently on mandatory vaccination and, and things like that. And, um, I'm on Twitter as uh, at TT Bike Fit, T-T-B-I-K-E-F-I-T. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter there. And um, that's that's pretty much it. Those are, the, those are the two spots. Awesome. So how about this, folks? We'll make it easy for you. We'll include all those links plus Todd's bio in the show notes. Go ahead to your favorite podcast cl- uh, catcher. Click the artwork. It'll bring you right to the Brian Nichols Show website where you can find not only the show notes and the links, but also the video version as well as the entire transcript to today's episode. Todd Kenyon, thank you so much for joining us in the program. And with that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on another fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, Brian. Who doesn't like going out and having a glass of wine and celebrating liberty? Well, if you're in Alameda County, don't worry. I have an amazing event for you coming up on Sunday, October 3rd at 1 p.m., the 15th annual Wine and Liberty Celebration at Westover Vineyards Winery, sponsored by the Libertarian Party of Alameda County. Questions, email Elizabeth Stump, LPAC, Vice Chair at vicechair at lpac.us. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up our conversation with Todd Kenyon from Panda. I told you, stuff is weird, and uh, thank God we have folks like Todd and the amazing crew over at Panda fighting the good fight and making sure that the real data, the real analytics are available because up to this point, our government overlords have made it a point not to release the data that is so important to know how to actually combat this virus, which is why it is so important that if you have not had the chance yet, please go to the show notes, hit the support button for our sponsor there, the Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty docuseries from the amazing team at the Sound Mind Creative Group. This is why we need to make sure we're telling the stories of what's actually happening and making sure we're raising those voices up. So please, if you had not had the chance yet, head to the show notes. Please consider making a donation to the amazing team at the Sound Mind Creative Group so we can make sure this important docuseries is created. And number one, number two, we make sure that we're able to have a tool in the tool belt to bring to the conversations that we are having. So with that being said, if you enjoyed today's episode, please do me a favor, share and make sure when you do ta- uh, tag, uh, jeepers, I can say this, I promise, tag Todd, there we go. And make sure you go ahead and tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty. But with that being said, folks, that's all I have for you today. Coming up tomorrow, Saturday, I know, Saturday, Olivia Rondau, she is going to be having a one-on-one. Did you guys hear what's up 
with Nicki Minaj having pretty much all the blue checks and uh, corporate media turn on her when she said she wasn't getting the vaccine when she didn't show up to the Met Gala. Well, Olivia has some thoughts there. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're not missing a single episode as we go live. With that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Todd Kenyon. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.